Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that allows you to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. The show is recorded live and on Zoom and features two regular hosts, comedian Sajila Kershey and myself, Julian Hall. Our guests for this edition were the comedians Eric McElroy and Juliet Myers. It was a pretty full-on episode in terms of topics because we were dealing with Trump's challenging of the US presidential election result and also the Black Lives Matter movement as seen through the prism of Millwall fans and the Vicar of Dibley. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom for more updates and information. Welcome everybody. Welcome to Let's Kill Twitter. How are you all? I hope you're good on a Sunday. Um, we realise that Sunday probably isn't the best time just post lockdown when everybody wants, actually wants to be outside and with real people. They don't want to be on Zoom. Uh, so it kind of worked while we were in lockdown. So this is our second one, right, Jules? Like second? Yeah, yeah it is our second one. Official one. <clears throat> and um, obviously we want to get this like live when we get back out into the real world. Uh, and uh, what kind of week have you had, Julian? Uh, well, you know, I don't. I love this weather because it's like li living at the bottom of a well. I'm a big fan of uh, winter. I mean, it has actually been quite nice the last couple of days. So English. As soon as you ask me how I am, I have to talk about the weather. Um, <laughs> generally, well, down for that. Um, yeah, I mean, like, kind of just a bit too crazy and a bit too busy. And ironically, the the one thing that I've had less time to do is look at Twitter. It's a good job. I bagged a few uh, juicy tweets from about two weeks ago. Well, that's a great thing about Twitter, isn't it? That you can just scroll down or just look for a certain like subject matter and, and get it in there. Um, obviously, uh, the smaller rooms, so I think you're all kind of like, know the rules, just, um, you know, don't, don't um, shout out obscenities because uh, apparently Julian will 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 delete you uh, like we do on Twitter and uh, obviously do do ask questions or share your tweets in the chat box um, uh, we'd love to hear from from you and uh, as always any feedback and stuff and if you've got other pair people that you want to send the link to send it to them and you know they can join us later if they want but I think Julian we should welcome our guests so that we can kick off yeah, with our tweets but I think because they're here anyway we should mention who they are yeah I mean normally I just say a bit about why I wanted to create Twitter, I'll very quickly say that I love Twitter, but I, I often want to talk about it. I love engaging on Twitter. And when you get something like the US election, which I'll talk about later, it feels like everybody you know is, is interacting. But to creating this was very much like, I want to be able to kind of synthesize what I've seen on Twitter. And I want to do it the old fashioned way through the art of conversation and talk to people. So yes, you're right. Without further ado, uh, we're going to welcome back because he was very, kindly there for our trial run, uh, Eric McElroy, who uh, many of you have seen as a pundit and comedian across your television screens, uh, currently co-hosting Comic Solving Problems with uh, Steve N. Allen, who people will know from The Mash Report, of course. And also, very excitingly, Eric's got a pretty new podcast called Eric McElroy's American Exchange. And on it, he's interviewed some fantastic people from the world of American politics, including the former White House Director of Communications, Anthony Scaramucci, who lasted about 17 days. But boy, has he dined out on that. <laughs> <laughs> and also Mary L. Trump, uh, who is Donald Trump's niece. Uh, and then we welcome tonight uh, Juliet Myers, who uh, is busy writing on Sarah Millican's uh, new radio show coming out next year, I believe, and obviously mm -hmm. for uh, her on television. And also checks notes uh, written on Cat Stars Countdown and Mock the Week. 
and and you're hoping to tour in the spring as well Juliet apparently well yeah uh that would be lovely wouldn't it to actually do a live show um that I've got one that's I hate to use the phrase oven ready um <laughs> oh. I've got one that I've done for a while that's properly oven ready and cooked in fact that I, I do with the dog uh, and then I'm hoping to do another one about going to India to trace my Iraqi Jewish roots and falling out with my friend and being chased by monkeys. Which, is, which, I've, which I've heard lots of these um, stories. I don't think I've seen the whole yeah. show, but I've definitely heard loads of stories. And it's yeah. fascinating and I urge everybody to go and see that. Um, definitely uh, lo- loving it. Are you, are you touring next year, uh, Eric? Are you, are you going to be, when we go back to normality... Uh, I guess. I mean, we'll be doing gigs. I, I'm, 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 I'm not willing to get that enthusiastic yet. Juliet's more optimistic than I am. So, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, my my two rain will be still. I have a feeling down the cam- the barrel of a camera. Yeah. For, for well, most interestingly, of the I've, Juliet and I have, have spoken about this before. <laughs> yes, we I'm don't not give a shit about live gigs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there was that thing first of all of how do we do this over zoom then and now actually i rather i'd prefer that um and feel safe and be able to then you know just go upstairs and might put my pajamas on 30 seconds after i've been on a zoom call <laughs> i know look at this showbiz showbiz on the top look i've got the bling on got some makeup on and yes. i've got pajama bottoms here look no you can't ruin them mistake <laughs> I've still got my pajama bottoms. I don't want to wear non-elasticated waist anymore. (laughs) The problem is, you know, like I I, I sounded more optimistic than I should be. I agree with Eric. But then, you know, I think live is wonderful. But, you know, I want to be safe. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. Which which actually, I think this is going to be something to do with safety and vaccines in in, in the mix today in in the (laughs) the show. But we normally like to start off because, you know, um, uh, like with our tweets, uh, Jilly, do you want to do you want to start with your tweets this week that you've we've never even. We, I don't even know you've been secretive about them. <laughs> what? No, are you, right, oh, you did share them. Yes, you did, but I didn't look deeper. Uh, no. But yeah, go on, go on. Tell us your, one of your tweets, Jules. All right, I'll start. There's I two mean, Jules here uh, today. Well, 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 let's do. Let's do the scroll. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think I'm going to start with the crown, actually. She's all the way down here. Did you just finish watching an episode? Uh, have you? All oh, right. Okay. Well, I am all up to date. Uh, and uh, let's just see. That's saying I haven't watched it. It's the yet, Diana so one. Don't, don't give away the, the end. Julian is up to date, but with the series. But do you know what's happened after the series? Because <laughs> well, Diana, oh, I won't tell you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. okay. I, I really, I really like that Diana. I mean, I like the idea of that Diana character. I hope she does well. Gets <laughs> There's nothing more soothing than a scrolling Twitter uh, feed. Well, um, you, you Eric, have you been watching it at the Crown? Because obviously, <laughs> as the American in the room, uh, you know, like, what, what, what do you think make of it? Uh, I haven't had a chance to. That's why I was, I was saying, don't give anything away. Oh, I, okay. You know, I don't want to. What happens? With, <laughs> like, I've heard this Prince Charles and Diana thing is really a hot relationship. So, you know, I hope they, you know, work out well. And, um, <laughs> what news of it did you get of it when you were growing up? You must have heard oh, about it. Was it was huge. I mean, when she when she was when she died in in uh, was it ninety seven seven. Um, I mean, the the woman I was with at the time was beside herself. You would have thought that she'd known Diana personally, and and she. I mean, a lot of Americans grieved at that level. I mean, we stayed up all night watching the the funeral. Um, it was it was massive in the states. 
and I, you know, I mean, I know her life and, and her death connected with people all over the world, but it was remarkable. And this is pre-internet as well. So this was all done on cable yes. news. So go on, I think Julian's got his tweet up yeah, now. Yeah, well, the, man, the scrolling, the first scroll has failed. But luckily I found a tweet that doesn't, my head doesn't actually obscure the main text of the tweet, thank goodness. So it's from comedy writer Simon Blackwell, uh, who I very much enjoy uh, following on Twitter. And he has picked up on the story about uh, various uh, sort of, well, comments, for example, uh, from... Um, Who's the, who's the politics guy on Sunday mornings? Andy. Andrew Marr. Andrew Marr, who's basically said, look, there should be some kind of disclaimer on the crown because it's not, it's not historically accurate. And, you know, there's a few issues, whether, for example, dovetailing, um, suggesting Lord Mountbatten had written a, uh, a letter to Charles advising him on, you know, what kind of woman he should marry and what have you. And I mean, I think he probably gave that advice, but he didn't do it in the form of a letter. And then there's an issue about the liaisons that Charles had with Camilla when they took place and so on and so forth. And, you know, and we know from if anyone's watched the last season, season four, you, you'll know that there are clearly bits that have been sort of fictionalised. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Diana did roller skate round Buckingham Palace. I mean, it is possible, to be fair. But uh, she yeah. rode a bike. She rode a bike. She rode a bike. Okay. Oh, was that the real story? Ride a bike to Elton John or um, Duran Duran, though. I mean, that's that's a crucial point. <laughs> she did love Duran Duran. She did. She did. She did. I don't I know mean, why I know that, but I do. Who didn't? <laughs> who didn't? I loved Duran Duran. <laughs> so without, yeah, without doing too many, yeah, uh, yeah, not too many spoilers there. Um, so Simon's uh, tweeted the RSC should do this for all of Shakespeare's history plays too. This nonsense has gone on for far too long. So. You know, nice joke at the expense of, well, you know, if you want to be that correct, if you want to give disclaimers and you, you know, mm. what else does you go back to? I think, I mean, that's brilliant pushing it for the purposes of, of a joke. You could argue that there are some people that will think this is my tabloid drip of the royal family. I mean, Andrew Marr is someone who, you know, I have agreed with things he said in the past, so it, it, it doesn't seem beyond the realm of possibility that he might have a point because I'm easily swayed. Um, but it is—it's a debate, you know. He did—he did sort of ignite a debate. Anyway, what, what do you think? Just to my view, I disagree. I think I—I I agree with what Simon Blackwell says. I just think all of this is—you know—it's—it's it's kind of the fine tuning of how they get. You know, it's a dramatization, but you know, it's. We, I think the bigger facts still hold true. It's just a way of getting them in, isn't it? It's it's a vehicle. I, I think it's crazy to say it's, to have to put a disclaimer because exactly as Simon says, then you put a disclaimer in front of, so many things. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think there is a, what's the there's a very good quote about uh, fiction sort of uh, and the way it kind of brings you know real truth is brought out through fiction. I am paraphrasing, of course. So yeah. I agree that there is there is that element to it. Um, but I mean, obviously, the palace who didn't really comment on the last three series have kind of made it known their uh, disapproval of this series. I mean, personally, my criticism of it was it's really depressing. I mean, they made, they made the <laughs> 1970s look good. Spoiler, they weren't. I know. But I well, know. it's interesting. I thought the I thought the royal family or Buckingham Palace weren't ever supposed to 
comment on anything. I mean, it's interesting that they've only started commenting about series four, which portrays Charles in a bad light, you know. So that's fine. Are we allowed to take from that then that all the stuff about Prince Philip being involved in the Profumo affair and um, the affairs of Prince Philip are all accurate then, if they're not well, going to that? Yeah, I mean, clearly they think that the enough time has elapsed now for, for that to be much less of an issue and that people aren't sort of getting their sort of bees in bonnets about Anthony Blunt working as the royal sort of art uh, yeah. uh, guy who I found fascinating. I never knew that. Mm. Brilliant. You know, so it does. I mean, it is a it's a good it's a good one for history. The crown, I have to say, because it's hurrying oh, back to I mean, the, the best thing about that series is that you get then sort of really enjoy going back the fact and fiction and then actually trying to sort of you know yes that's what, what i then. love about it although i've got some american friends who said that they were annoyed that wikipedia had taken its facts from the crown so when they cross-referenced <laughs> just donated to them i'm gonna have to ask for my two quid back <laughs> oh, come on it is it is interesting if they're getting upset with this television show being related to fiction because we are talking about a hereditary monarchy and the fact that the head of state is the head of state because they are born of a certain family, which in itself is essentially a fiction. So it's a fiction based on a fiction. I don't see why that's a problem. Well, meta. <laughs> it's not real. If you want to see real leadership, just look at the president of the United States. But how is this? I was going to say, how is this just any different to like when we watch stuff on Henry VIII or you know, all the historical royals. I mean, this just happens that these people are still alive now. And I was actually a bit annoyed because I, I, I was talking to Juliet about this and with, like, we're Googling. I don't know if everybody else has been doing the same thing. As you watch stuff, you Google it for facts or I didn't know who that was. Um, and I, I looked at Nord Mountbatten because I thought, oh, I didn't know his wife were copped off with Nehru. Well, that's like, <laughs> you know, but that's, you know, India-Pakistan partition. And then I looked at Lord Mountbatten and he was actually a lot more worse than they portrayed him. He was a pedo. And it was like, oh, my God, this is like, they, we thought they're doing bad on screen, but there's loads of stuff they've actually kept behind still. Um, and I, I was surprised how Philip, they portrayed Philip very kindly, actually, much nicer than I would have. And you, you have some sympathy for him because of his background and how he was brought up. But that pattern then takes it into how he treats Charles. And Charles comes across as a complete and utter knob. You know, he's just, he's vile. What a horrible man. And I liked him at the beginning of this, but I've just got to the bit where he's, you know, just, and, and Camilla Parker Bowles, she can fuck off. Honestly, I was just like, so, just, you know, I've got no sympathy for that bitch. She's just hoochie mama, home wrecking woman. And, you know, I was just like really angered by her, which I wasn't before in like real life when it all happened. Maybe I wasn't really sort of paying attention, but on this, I think I've just really got gripped. Maybe I just need to stop watching it. I don't know. But yeah, so that's a great tweet because <laughs> it's got, got everybody's watching it. As Karen said something, I've just seen something. Yes. Uh, my husband's face when he watched one of his favorite actresses become Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. That's brilliant. <laughs> and she plays it because she can't help it because it's based on Thatcher. She has to play it almost like she's a pantomime dame or something. Yeah. Mm. She does play it well, though. She, I've got to she say, you forget that. I mean, what, what what about the American fascination with the royals? I mean, do you think it's like got, uh, to Eric, this is, mm. do you think it's, it's kind of increased because of um, uh, Meghan 
Do you think there's there's more of a love for the royals or less of a love for because they don't seem so remote? Parts of the love affair was it because they were remote? I think yeah, I think it goes. I think for Diana, it had to do with the whole idea of the people's princess that a commoner could become a princess, and that's essentially what Meghan has done in real life. Um, so I mean, I haven't really. I haven't been in the States much since the whole Megan thing happened. But I mean, just at the, looking at the way the media has absorbed it, I think that she's been quite popular there. Um, I don't know how they've reacted to her bringing Harry home to make him one of her own or their own. Um, but I think that's part of it. So I would imagine that storyline of becoming a princess is still quite popular. And the idea of it, you know, is attractive. But I think we, we, we don't seem to think of ourselves as having legacy leaders, even though we've had the Bushes and we've kind of had the Clintons and we've had the Kennedys. We do have that in America, but we tell ourselves that we don't have that sort of history. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, as, a, as an Asian woman, I have to say, I watched that and I thought, actually, that's like any Asian household. You're not allowed to marry who you love. You fall in love with someone, that's definitely one person they won't let you marry. You've got to keep all your dirty secrets in, you know, in private. Don't wash your dirty linen in public. Um, and you've got to keep all the secrets alive, all the, you know, the pervy uncles and stuff, you keep quiet about them, just like an Asian household, really, quite frankly, so um, I felt like I was in more tune with the, the royal family, it's like, yeah, I can see, I can see your pain, guys, so we should move on to the next tweet. Netflix there, Sajina, I have to say, huh? that's what you've got a Netflix series in the making there. Yeah, <laughs> what about your next tweet? Uh, are we going to go Oh, we're going to alternate, okay, all oh, right. Sorry. Shall we, shall we get, I think maybe we'll just rotate between all of us rather than just focus on us. Like, shall we go, shall we go to one of our guests and, and then come back to me? Yeah. 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 Who wants to go? Um, I don't go. know how to screen share a tweet. Uh, so. well, that's okay. Uh, well, just tell me where it is because all the other ones are definitely here. Um, okay. there, there Which one, one do you want to go for, Juliet, first? Um, I'm happy to go for any. Let's, I feel like, oh, there's. Already, oh, there you go. There's a job one. There's a job okay, one. Okay, let's do this one then. Okay. Um, Jonathan Pye one. Um, now, just to kind of recap and explain the story, uh, I think a lot of people have already heard it, that the Vicar of Dibley Christmas special this year, um, she's going to be preaching about Black Lives Matter, uh, which has completely set the nutters off. Um, saying, as you can see, like Jonathan Pye is actually retweeting whoever Gerard Batten is. Um, you know, th- this is what seems to happen. Uh, who is he? Oh, he's a UKIP member. That's, I regret that. I was hoping <laughs> not to platform. But this is the problem, you see, with Twitter, is I wanted to talk about this. And there was either tweets from people with a million union flags after their name who are UKIP people, or there are kind of people going, yeah, fuck you. Um, So that's a shame, forget that name, Gerard Twatten. Um, And the thing is, so the Vicar of Dibley is going to be preaching about Black Lives Matter, which means that they've all got bent out of shape and said, oh no, defund the BBC, it's not fair. And he's even said, um, oh, Dawn French, the BBC's Vicar of Dibley, wears an upside down cross. Well, for a start, it's not Dawn French, it is the character, and I doubt it is an upside down cross. And he says, This is a symbol of Satanism. Uh, this is this is what we are forced to pay the license fee for, which is to me just so many things to unpack. Um, I doubt her cross is upside down, but 
you know, immediately trying to discredit a vicar on a sitcom because you want to discredit Black Lives Matter to me is just ludicrous. You know, the, the character in the Vicar of Dibley is a female vicar. She's a vicar at Christmas, so surely she's going to be talking about equality. I'm sure there are loads of vicars that would in real life be talking about Black Lives Matter. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy that got killed on the cross. Um, Jesus. At, at Christmas, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Gina fell for it. I think there was some injustice and he got killed on the cross. I, I don't know if the Vicar of Dibley is going to, you know, but either way, to me, this is what seems to happen on Twitter and in real life, but even more on Twitter, this thing of, oh, no, we have to discredit everything and say defund the BBC just because she's going to be preaching about Black Lives Matter and people are saying, and I do stand to be corrected by about this, people are saying that Black Lives Matter is now a political party? Well, I was just going to bring that up. You see, you, what you've hit upon with this tweet, and, you know, yeah. and now it's... There's the issue with the Millwall, I might bring some tweets yes, about what yes. happened in Millwall at the football mm. club. Uh, it must have been yesterday, mustn't it? And, uh, you know, the players obviously take the knee at the beginning of the match. Yep. Now we've started to let crowds back into <clears throat> smaller clubs. There were Millwall fans there. Not, not known for... Well, I mean... <laughs> They're not known for a great history on race, but there are a lot, you know, there are many black players, for example, who've come through Millwall. So this has now sparked a series of tweets. I mean, I don't know whether this is the point that I should share them because it feeds into the... Um, what it does go, yeah, oh, absolutely. Massive. So let me, let me just do that quickly. So we've got, we've got the issue of uh, Dawn French, Vicar of Dibley in the space. Uh, while, while you're looking for that, Julian, I mean, I think... Because do we know that this character that she plays is is not fiction? Because if they labeled the show that it's a fiction, because unless you label shows fi fiction, we don't exactly. know <laughs> if it's a documentary about Absolutely. a vicar or if it's a real story. So I think that's important to check. <laughs> so I've, luckily, the, the two tweets on yesterday's incident Millwall side by side. So you've got Paul Embury, who's a former Fire Brigade union rep, uh, was sat over his anti his Brexit pro Brexit views. Um, sort of describes himself as Blue Labour, he's a writer. Uh, and then underneath Ed Morris, who many of us will know as a comedy producer. Um, mm -hmm. So Paul Embry's point is Millwall fans didn't boo because they're racist. They've taken uh, many black players to their hearts over the years. They booed because what began as a single act of solidarity has, as usual, turned into a protected moral lecture. Uh, this is what irritates people, understand it. And then Ed's who I think has picked up almost directly on on that tweet to, to sort of uh, lampoon it. Very the good. Millwall yes. fans aren't racist, they're just anti-Marxist <laughs> and they have a long history of anti-Marxism activism, such as throwing bananas at players uh, they suspect of being Marxist, making monkey noises to ridicule Marxism, Marxism and beating up uh, black people. Sorry, Marxists. Marxist. <laughs> Absolutely. But what a beautiful, I love that. I love that Ed's written that because exactly that, that, you know, don't say that, you know, there's this thing about, oh, no, we're not racist, but we don't like being preached to. Well, bearing in mind that Millwall does have a racist history and that football has a problem with racism. Surely Black Lives Matter is incredibly relevant. So, you know, I don't know who Paul Embury is, but I just think that's that's a ridiculous argument to make. It seems overly defensive. And as for being lectured, well, uh, 
there's a problem with racism. You know, when I hear someone saying, don't be racist, I don't go, don't lecture me. <clears throat> I just think, yeah, there's a problem with racism somewhere. So it seems crazy. And same with Vicar of Dibley. I, I've got a number to like when they say things like, oh, We've taken many black players to their hearts, you know, it's like just doing us a favour, or we yeah. tolerate, and these words I find so offensive at that even, you know, in, in those protestations of, oh, we're not being racist, we're not saying anything racist, but actually by by kind of cancelling us, like, or doing us a favour, you know, like we've taken you to our heart, we've, you know, we've, we've adopted curry. No, it was a national dish. We've done you a big favour here. Doesn't matter that we enjoy it. It, it, it I find all those kind of things. It, it, it actually find it more troubling than if somebody called me actual racist names. You know, because I just think at least be bloody honest about it. You know, and you don't need to know who Paul is. He's, he's, he's obviously no, no, I know. Well, I mean, you don't need to know. Don't follow him. Guys. There is an issue. There is an issue of you know Black Lives Matter as a movement. Uh, obviously it comes under a title that not, none but the worst extremists in society can disagree with. They are honest about their, their platform. They do have a platform. They do have things that they want to see happening. They would be regarded by Joe Biden in terms of the defund the police or even Barack Obama, of course, with that message, they would be regarded as, that would be regarded as an issue even by those people. So there is, there is there is a kind of uncomfortable um there are some people who are obviously very uncomfortable with the idea of it as a movement but not as a sentiment and actually the the report about um the vicar of dibley said that when i think there was another um episode of dibley or something else on the bbc which actually dovetailed with um the poverty make poverty history campaign and the bbc actually had to row back on that because it was deemed a political statement so i mean if they had, if they're rowing back on that who knows what might happen here but anyway juliet sorry but, but no but i mean but i mean you know as as eric said you know i mean a go back to the vicar of dibley for a second it's it's a fictional thing um and it's an issue that's happened this year but also i think you know i take your point that maybe at, at the margins of black lives matter i don't know what their manifesto is but well, it's, I think, it's on their website. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm not sure that it's at the margin. But I mean, in terms of defund the police, I never know what exactly is meant by that. They're not saying there shouldn't be a police force. Surely they're just saying that rather than using police to sort out um, racial tension, they should be trained mediators. I think for, for that is absolutely what some people understand by defund the police not everybody understands that at all and that's why you know barack obama a couple of days ago came out and said look if you want to sell policies to people that are more equitable and just then you you know slogans like that are not necessarily going to help yeah i wanted to say something so i'm just going to bring so eric trying to to, to, say, to sort of say something did you want to bring what did you want to say eric well i mean two things with the black lives matter movement you have to separate there's there's a movement of an idea that of establishing the, you know, the concept of the Black Lives Matter to as they should matter as much as everyone else's lives. And then that's now been turned into an organization which has an agenda that has, that's been accused of having the mark, that has you know, said that they're pro-Marxist and all these other things. So that's where people get really just pedantic and stuck in it. So if I, I support Black Lives Matter as a concept, but I'm not endorsing a political organization that happens to have named itself that. And that just blows some people's <clears throat> minds. Uh, the defund the police, yes, I agree with Barack Obama, is terrible messaging. Um, I can't remember if we're supposed to not swear on this or I would use stronger language, because I think the ideas behind defund the police um, are to 
uh, are to you know reduce funding for a militarized American police. And um, you know, I've uh, Steve and I covered this in one of our shows. So subtle plug there. Um, uh, the comic solving problems that you know shows the police in America who because basically what happens is when the U.S. military is decommissioned things like tanks, they sell them to local county police departments. So you can be a county sheriff in the United States and you can have a fucking tank. So that's what they're talking about when they talk about defund the police. And, but the slogan is awful and they should maybe listen to Barack Obama because he, you know, he won with the largest margin of victory of I think any US president ever with yes we can and hope and change, you know, it worked. <laughs> so maybe the guy knows what he's talking about, but. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm worried that if we ever defunded the police, you know, in the past, you know, Robocop, Robocop never would have been made. Exactly. <laughs> and that is a factual representation of the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> In a way that the, that the crown wasn't. Yes. yes. But okay, I mean, that's interesting. What Eric's saying is very uh, interesting. I didn't know that also what you just said, Julian, but I still think the larger point still stands about is that really what Millwall... I feel that well, God, I mean, if you take it back to Millwall, then, yes, then absolutely. you know, I, I feel that Millwall and the UKIP guy, uh, I think we're crediting them with perhaps that defund the police phrases, giving them ammunition. But really, I think surely we can agree that Millwall fans having thrown bananas in the past and used the P word quite a lot. It's not a matter of. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, that their, is... their, their line in the sand isn't defund the police. Well, I think the I think Millwall would say that well, on the one hand that some of those incidents obviously were a long time ago, but they have the club has come out and expressed its disappointment, uh, understandably, with those fans. The tension does seem very clear. I mean, actually, when it comes to taking the knee, am I not? I'm not. I don't know actually. I suppose it is inextricably linked with BLM, but it was Colin Colin Kaepernick, wasn't it? The um, Kaepernick, the American football star, who who kind yeah. of did that. Yeah. Uh, and that just seemed to be as a sort of very isolated act of solidarity, well, to some extent. I mean, it was a very genuine sort of moment. So, I mean, the heritage of that particular thing, you know, obviously works on, on different levels. Um, Can we uh, bring in Aaron, a question from our yes. audience? Because I'm, I'm quite conscious of time, so I'm just being like yeah. time monitor. Um, there is a question from Karen. Do US police still get 4K to buy their own gun? Um, well, I from what little I recall about that is that they, they, they do have programs where police can bring their own, um, you know, uh, weapons into the force if they register it and so on. And so I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that there are still some states that have a budget for that kind of thing. So if you want to dirty Harry yourself up, because, you know, you need that tank or whatever, um, that you, you can do that. Of course you can. Why wouldn't you be able to? I mean, duh. If I got a nice gun at home, if I got a kick-ass rifle at home, I'm the one bringing it into work. I want to use this little tiny little thing like this. And and and, and I think because we're saying on you, uh, Eric, because you want to bring in one of your tweets that mm -hmm. might uh, follow on from this conversation. Have you got what? What would you like to start with? Uh, I can't remember which tweets I sent you here. Where 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 are we at? Let's see which one have I got. Um, well, I mean, this is it'd be a little bit off. It'd be a little a little bit of a tangent. Well, we can talk. About, I mean, well, Femi's talking about Brexit. There's the one from Joe Walsh, oh, which Joe, is kind of interesting. Yeah, Let's yeah, talk yeah. about Joe Walsh. Because um, I've, I've, again, 
I've had him on my podcast, so there's a cross promotional plug. Um, Joe Walsh is a fascinating character because he is, a, he is, as he says in this tweet, that he's a lifelong Republican. He was a Tea Party Republican back in the day, and he uh, was said some awful things that he's apologized for about Barack Obama. Questioned, I think he was, he even dabbled in birtherism a little bit. I'm not sure about that, so don't quote me on that. But he was, he did, he said some things that were he's apologized for. Um, you know, far right kind of guy reluctantly supported Trump in 2016, but broke from him in 2018 and has spent the last two years campaigning against him. Lost his national uh, radio television show because the management said, if you don't support Trump, you can't have your job anymore. And, um, and it's, it's great, you know, in this tweet, he's talking about, you know, as a lifelong Republican, why he's not a Republican, you know, because for the last four years, the president has attacked truth, uh, attacked truth, democracy, and the current Republicans in leadership are saying nothing about it. And um, what they do say, or they just, they, they abstain and say, well, like, for example, Trump trying to de deny that he's lost the election, um, they don't want to go against the grain. And so they'd rather live in this fiction. And what's great about people like Joe, who've crossed through that Rubicon, is that he's criticizing, his, he's given himself the freedom to criticize his own side and be honest about them. And then also, he, I've even seen him compliment Democrats, something he would never have done when he was in Congress. But he's kind of freed himself up from that. So he, he'll talk about defund the police, and he and I talked about it, that it is terrible sloganeering. But when we talked about the fact that the police need to be, and he's a very big gun guy, he believes in total, you know, lots of guns, but he agrees that they need restructuring and don't need, I bet he would agree with me that, you know, the police don't need tanks. But because he's freed himself up and stepped outside of party politics is the only reason why he can say that. I'm sure a lot of these people who are sending the tweets, um, you know, that, oh, Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization, they know that's not true. But, but they're playing the game, which is what Twitter is perfect at, by hyping that up and playing to that narrative. And um, so that's why I wanted to highlight that with Joe, because he's kind of broken through that. And he's just said, I'm, I'm going to go against my own people. And that allows him to be free to criticize everybody, which is brilliant. Who wouldn't want to criticize everybody? Bring a very interesting point about playing the game on Twitter. Because essentially, um, you know, each, each of us, um, especially those who, who, who do do public things, uh, we do it to sell the show. We do play the game, and yeah. there is a game. And if you if you don't know the rules, you kind of get burnt quite quickly, and that's when it be does become a little bit toxic, I guess. But with it's just isn't is is Twitter the new politics? Is 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 that? Would you say it's kind of like for me? I think if we didn't have Twitter, how I do wonder how we would have then perhaps voted or even or, or any social media because obviously you know Facebook's been blamed for for getting Trump in the first place. Hmm. Would you think that um, there would have been a different story if we not have all the social media that's kind of been influencing people in a, in a very heavy way and globally at that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we've had fascists before Twitter, um, but it just took them longer to get into power. Um, so I think Twitter has completely enabled that. I don't, I don't think we would have a Trump presidency when we had him. I don't think we would have had Brexit without social media and Twitter. Like, there's, no, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I mean, those two things are easy to call out because they're bad. There's also good things that I think happen from Twitter, and it can be, I think, a force for good in raising awareness about certain things. I mean, the fact that, um, is it Chris Rock who said that, you know, there's always been police shootings, but the difference is that now there's cameras, and now we can get those videos out. And obviously that gets manipulated as well. But the awareness of like what happened with George Floyd this summer, you know, that was driven by social media and Twitter. And hopefully that will change the way policing is looked at in America forever. That wouldn't have happened if it wasn't everyone wasn't able to see that, that awful moment. Did so, Twitter create Black Lives Matter then? 
I, well, no, Black Lives Matter has been around, but it's, it's given it a, a, an immediate and amplified platform, which is where it can be at its worst. You know, you can see things mm -hmm. like that. There was somebody that got punched at the uh, the million mega march um, uh, after Trump lost the election. And I say million because there's only like ten thousand people there, but they can't count. <laughs> and um, the video that went round by some pro-Trump people was a man who's a mega supporter getting punched in the nose and collapsing to the ground. And that made you know tr Trump retweeted it. It was huge. The longer video is the guy coming out of nowhere, punching a few people, pushing some women, and just knocking a bunch of people over. And then somebody came up and clocked him. Now, any violence is wrong, but because the tweet that went out and Trump fixated on the president of the United States retweeted, which is horrific in and of itself as a concept, was the bit that showed violence against one of his supporters. Cut out the fact that his supporter started the violence. So obviously, you know, that's, that's I mean, it's interesting what you're only. saying about social media, you know, in the sense that certainly 2017, perhaps not so much 2019, but if you, depending on who your Facebook friends are and, and who you follow on Twitter, it's kind of hard not to believe that Jeremy Corbyn, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not <coughs> Corbynista, but it was hard to believe that he wasn't going to swing into victory because of what my timeline was sort of uh, ranting at me I mean telling me um, so you know I mean it's sort of horses for courses I think a little bit uh, I suppose you know there are other factors at play in terms of how it's manipulated by advertisers and all the rest of it but it's in 2014 sorry Julie yeah um, uh, I, I was against Scottish independence I did the, the only show in Edinburgh that was uh, that year that was against Scottish independence and, and it was not um, well received but, um, that was brave. <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to do the only show and I didn't have Julian doing my press then. So I'm sure it would have been better if he had been. Um, but uh, I was, I, so I, I remember because most Scottish comedians supported independence for Scotland. And I remember uh, a Scottish uh, comedian saying to me like, how, she, A, she wanted to know why I would do this. And I gave, I told her why. And then she's like, well, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win and it's going to be a landslide because everyone I know everyone I know is voting for independence. And I was like, okay, well, that's not, I've looked at the polls and I talked to people who aren't okay. You know, and it was close. I always thought it would be close. Um, but she was just wrapped in that, that exact bubble where you know Corbyn was gonna be victorious and Scottish independence was gonna sail through. And it's scary how people, that's why 90% that's why of Republicans think that Donald Trump has had this election stolen from him. It's terrifying. Well, I think um, that 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 is quite, um, you know, like with Brexit, the same thing happened. I believe with one of our audience members, we were down at Shummer's house. Were you there, Juliet? Yes. On Brexit night, and all of us laughing, going, "We've still got London. Don't have more champagne. We've still got <laughs> we can still got London to vote." And then the look of horror on all our faces as people are dozed off in the night, waking up to to Brexit and thinking. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> we were just like yeah. really shocked. Um, and so, you know, at Scotland, the same way, I was convinced, like your, you know, the woman that you say, that I thought that I thought I thought they were women. I I didn't think Corbyn would go down the route that he would go down. Hmm. And in well, fact, I'll bring up a tweet in a minute to relate to that. I might, I might just chuck a, I, I might just chuck a thing in here, and then and then perhaps Derek can go to his Brexit tweet as well, because I, if I can find it. Uh, I've got my Brexit tweet lined up somewhere. I knew there was a Brexit one, but I didn't know who had it. <laughs> well, well, two of us. There's, there's two of us. Okay, well, I've got one on billions. Brexit I thought it could be relevant there. The moment, no matter what. 
Although, in fairness, this is more about. Um, oh, goodness me. I'm, it's I'm fascinating not to see well on the wheels of steel scroll. tonight, am I? <laughs> people scroll at different speeds. Oh, here I, we go. I feel like I've no. improved my speed reading over the past two minutes. <laughs> There is Christopher Snowden. Now, Christopher Snowden is um, at the IEA, the Institute of, oh, mm -hmm. of Economic Affairs. And you can never say IEA without saying who funds you, because it's a question they get asked quite a lot. So he's coming from right of centre. And he tweeted <laughs> at the end of November, I can't find any mainstream news coverage about Carol Cadwallader from The Guardian dropping the truth defence and, and paying Aaron Banks' cost in his libel case. Strange as her theories have uh, attracted a lot of attention up to now. I, th I, think, I think that's a fair point, actually. I have to say, it, she, her, I don't support, I think Brexit was one of the worst things that we've ever done, probably the worst thing we've ever done. Um, but I also think the way we engage uh, Brexiteers is, is pretty poor as well. And this is a vehicle for sort of me to make that point to some extent. I mean, I'm not a fan of Aaron Banks either, but there is, there was much more, certainly on social media, there was a ton, you know, quite a lot of coverage on what Carol said. And, and obviously because of what she'd done with um, previous work on, uh, I've forgotten the name of the company that works uh, with uh, Vote, Vote Leave. And there was a lot Cambridge of- Analytica. Cambridge Analytica. So rightly so, you know, it's got a profile on this. But I suppose his point is that, well, actually, when the boot's on the other foot, we don't hear an awful lot about it, really. So I thought I'd drop that in. Drop that in. In a Brexit. And then Brexit. Uh, I've got no Brexit tweets, but what I'm going to bring in is I think something that's going to um, <clears throat> go back to our audience, because so, I want to feel them, them, feel them concluded. It's a tweet from The Last Leg. Um, the programmes are the last leg um, from, yeah, there you go, Addy, Addy, ID Doc Addy, who is actually uh, uh, working on the vaccine. No, no, not that one. Oh, there you go. That's the last one. Yeah, that's yeah. No, 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 that's it. That's it. Go back down. Go back down. No, it's not from there. No, go back down. It's stick of the year time, people. Dick of the year. So he says, this is your last call uh, to nominate Dick of the year. Uh, and it was just a fun one. I thought that um, our audience could think about and maybe get trending on hashtag with our audience of two and a half um, million, <laughs> million when this finally goes out. Um, and uh, to tell us who's been the biggest dick of the year. So this is what I like to call a little sorbet kind of in in, in the proceedings. And, and I thought you could all add your dick of the year. Uh, I, I was I was kind of like, uh, you know, had a selection and I didn't know. I'm not sure there has been so many. I don't know how you sort of um, uh, Boris, obviously, for not, you know, acting sooner um, on, on, on all the events around the COVID. Uh, uh, Trump, I think, I think Eric's got enough reasons to, to kind of really for him to win. Um, Cummings with all his goings on, as it were. Um, you know, Pretty Patel, Pretty Patel, you know, she's uh, she's someone who I'd like to kind of like just disassociate uh, as an Asian person. To, 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 can she no longer be part of Asian people? And can we just, I think I speak for all Asian people here. Um, can we just get rid of her? Right, she's not, she's not, she's not, she's not ours anymore. I don't know if you can kind of de- We don't want her. Yes. <laughs> well, but, but, but I just, I want to, I don't, I want to go, you know, and, and of course there's also the anti-vaxxers and the anti-maskers. There's, there's, there's a whole selection. So what I wanted um, to, to get our audience to do is to hashtag Dick of the Year, but with at LKT Zoom, 
right, which is our Twitter. If you're not following us, do follow us at, at LKT Zoom um, with hashtag Dick of the Year uh, and get all your friends to take part in this and we'll, we'll retweet uh, all of them because they're all going to be probably viable. Um, and it's also a sneaky way for us to promote um, Let's Kill Twitter. This, this is this is this is the smoke and pit mirrors people that I'm giving the backstage pass into what we're doing here. But who would you choose as your as your dick of the year, Juliet Myers? Really well. Uh, hang, can I just I, say that that segues very nicely into the Philip uh, <laughs> Green uh, here. <laughs> Yes. Taken by a photographer <laughs> called Jake Wilson. Is he wearing harem pants? I know that's what like, I'm looking at. Like a normal suit and trousers with two very large. But obviously, that's balls. a great think, photo. You'd think great a man photo. that owns a clothing company could uh, get better trousers. <laughs> but that is such a great that is such a great photo, isn't it? Yes, uh, so it is. Really yeah. love so, it. Photographer um, Jake Walters, and it's basically to cut a long story well to cut his sweet even shorter. Philip Green was rude to him and his assistant. And he said, well, that, you know, it's going to be rude to me. I'm having you. And he yeah. had him. <laughs> that is a brilliant picture, isn't it? I, I'd only just realised that, that he's made him look like I've only just seen the rounded hedge. Um, very good. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was looking at. I was thinking, yes. that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing that this whole bit, people are being rude to you. Because I had one yesterday in, in um, um, Brewers, which is a decorating shop. And I went in 10 minutes early. And the woman, she was basically following me around like a criminal. Uh, you can't go there, you can't go there. And, and, and those those fabrics are very expensive. And I no. said, you're all right. She said, put, put, do you need to wear gloves? I said, okay. And I said, oh, I like this blind. And she's, that's very expensive. So basically it was like a pretty woman. You know, oh, she, I was just like going in there in the decorating shop, picking up the paint for 35 pounds, which was fucking expensive. But I said, I said, you know, I probably need about 10 of these pots because I was really annoyed. And then, uh, and then she said, well, you can look at it on the website. You can look at it on the website, you know, at your leisure. I said, right, you clearly don't want me in the shop. Um, and she said, uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, we are going to close in a little while. And I said, look, I'm sorry, but you've been really rude. And she said, I'm so sorry. And I said, you will be sorry because you don't even know if I'm a, I'm a secret shopper. Big mistake. Huge. And then I walked out and I wanted to tweet them about that, um, about these complaints. So I have really, I think I've turned into an Asian Karen, actually. That's what's happened here. I'm going to go and speak to the managers. But yeah, so... Um, Totally irrelevant to, to Twitter, but I will be tweeting that later, that complaint to Brewers. Yeah, because I think I think we'll retweet it on the was... site. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did you want to know my dick of the yes. year? <laughs> um it's I'm I'm I feel so on brand. You know, I'd love to be able to say it was Mother Teresa or something, but <laughs> um although actually apparently she wasn't as good as cracked up to be. But um my dick no. of the year would be Dominic Raab. Mm. Um because I, I mean, I, I feel Boris is terrible, um, but Dominic Raab feels even more terrible uh, in terms of his lack of preparedness, but then trying to bluff um, and, and being, you know, again, that whole thing about him saying he wouldn't take the knee apart from anyone, apart from his wife. Um, he's been quite rude about feminists wanting equal pay, um, but... Um, I, I feel, and again, this links back to the Trump thing. I thought it was quite remarkable that when Trump was calling election fraud, and it clearly wasn't, that Dominic Raab was still hooking his cart to Trump's wagon or whatever the phrase is and saying, well, you know, he could be right and we don't know. And I thought that was perhaps diplomacy, but he he seemed to persist well beyond 
the realms of sense and it, and it just seemed to be so typical of of this government in terms of being quite bullish and bullyish um and sucking up to the bigger bully of trump um i just found him pathetic i hope he goes and also if you watch him he's always so unprepared at least boris boris gives himself away with bluster but dominic raab doesn't close his eyes and just stares at the camera <laughs> like he's been doodling dicks in class and suddenly the teachers said rob what who was this emperor in rome and he's gone uh my dad says women are awful or something i just can't stand him very long answer dominic rob right is this a comedy show or is this a just a current affair it's a, show? Not, it's a chat show sure it's I'm a chat show and you can be funny i love you can the do you funny I, i'm, I'm not sure eric. i'm allowed to paint you can swear mustard. you can do what you want it's carte blanche uh, and then eric know. is going to be all beautifully intelligent <laughs> <laughs> i just love the way juliet you finish that by just saying and my person is Dominic Robb. It's the same way my, my years and years and years and years and years ago, uh, my grandmother called me when I was at university. And um, if there's anybody young out there, we didn't all have cell phones back then. This was 1990. And uh, we had the answering machine. And my grandmother left a message. She tended to call at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, which my roommate hated. But um, she left a voicemail once. And at the end of the voicemail, she said, signed it, love your grandmother, Lucille. And just like it was a salut, a formal salutation. I just felt like that's how you ended that bit. Yes. Right? You just went, Dominic Robb. Yes. So, yes. I agree. And yeah. Malod, <laughs> in conclusion, <laughs> Dominic Robb, damn it. Damn yes. It. Um, I how about yours, it, Eric? Yeah, there's so many dicks to choose from. Yeah, it is I know. hard. I want, you have to narrow it down to your top three, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, you know, I'd love to do something clever, but there's just, I mean, I think, I think, I don't think Melania Trump gets enough credit for being quite a dick. <laughs> so um, she definitely there was it got covered up because there's just so much news that happens in America. But her best friend recorded their conversations, her best friend. And one of the she basically was just complaining. It's like, what do they want me to do? I, the, the, all, all I do is just do fucking Christmas. And I, that's a terrible impression. But she was complaining about the fact that as first lady, one of her, her the role is ceremonial because she's not elected to anything. And so she, you know, whoever the first spouse is gets to do you know, ceremonial stuff. And one of their things is they decorate the White House for um, for Christmas. And she was complaining about it and that got played. But when you consider that the evangelicals voted for the Trumps in massive numbers and they clearly don't give a shit. And people tend to think, oh, Melania's trapped. She doesn't really, she doesn't want to be there. She's gonna leave them as soon as, no. She is complicit in all of this, just like the rest of them. So there you go. She's a massive dick. Okay, I like that. I like well, this real kind of this yeah, is really turn on Melania. We call this section of the show. You're a dick. <laughs> we'll just have it every week. We'll just have it every week now. You are. Yeah, you need to. You need to. You need to have your own appendage because the last leg seemed to have the the dick thing. So maybe yes, yeah. is there another body part you'd like? Well, to... we. I was trying to kind of get on their publicity. I, am, I know. I know. It's, it's a very good idea. There. But going after they do theirs, I think you need. You know. Ingrown toenail. Ingrown toenail. <laughs> oh, you see, this is the difference between Eric and I, I was going to say anus. <laughs> anus, horribleness. 
<laughs> my kids can hear me doing this. Oh no! So, oh okay. They just heard me call Melania Trump a massive dick. So anyway, they'll probably go to school tomorrow. On the, uh, <laughs> see, yeah, 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 we know about Trump's wife. <laughs> She's a dick. <laughs> The, um, before we do the next tweet, Julian, the image I sent you, which I realized yes. was gone to your phone, um, is breaking news that came right. in the last hour, which I learned because of Twitter, that Netflix has said it has no plans to add fiction to the crown. So there you go. I think they're talking about it because we're talking about it here. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's happening, guys. It's happening. It's happening. We're, we're so, influenced. We're the influencers now. We're the influencers. Agenda. Yeah. Okay, so uh, should we get a tweet from you, Julian? I think we've done all three. I, I think I've done, I've had a, a bit of a lion's share, actually. I think you might Okay, all right. So let's go back to Eric. Um, right. Uh, well, we've talked about Brexit. I don't know if we want to go back. Do we want to talk? I, I mean, Femi is one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. I think he's brilliant. If you don't know yes. Femi. Um, I mean, I think if you if you pay attention to anything, you're going to know who Femi is um, and all the stuff that he does. He trolls the Brexiteers so superbly. And um, and he's one of he's an act. I have a personal Twitter story with Femi as well, um, not not that personal, but uh, semi personal. In that um, I followed him early on, so this was a few years ago. It's hard to remember time now that with with COVID. Um, but I was gig he lived in Cardiff at the time, and I was gigging in Cardiff, and uh, he came up to me uh, after the gig because we followed each other. He's like, I'm Femi from Twitter," and I was like, "Oh my god." You know, it's like this moment of like real life meeting Twitter people. Um, and he's a lovely bloke. He's a really nice guy. Um, but here he was, uh, this tweet was about, you know, his message to Remainers and the fact that, you know, I'm guessing this is a fairly Remainer crowd, you know, uh, and I, all you guys are because you're intelligent people. And um, uh, mm, just an example of something I was saying earlier, Eric, but never mind. <laughs> Yeah, because they're, they, well, they've voted. I think that there's lots of people who voted and they're happy to say this. They voted against their self-interest. And I, you know, I've done that as well. There's times where you have a cause you believe in and you vote. It's not logical because people are not logical. You can't assume that. Uh, but as a remainer, there is part of me. And the, I don't know if you remember this, Julian, it got picked up by the Daily Express when I said it, but it was the, before Christmas one year. So I got mentioned in the Daily Express saying this on talk radio that I just hoping that the whole thing, you know, Brexit, uh, a no deal Brexit happens and it just burns the whole thing down or catches uh, something like that. And the Daily Express caught it, but no one noticed because it was Christmas. Um, so I didn't get too much hate on Twitter, but um, you know, there's part of me that's like, yeah, bring a no deal on and we will be proven right that this is a fucking terrible idea. So yeah, sure. Let the pound collapse. Let somebody, you know, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but maybe you just have to, you know, water down their insulin. Fine. Fine. Sadly though, I think now what, what looks like is happening is they're just going to blame it on the eu though aren't I they? Know. they are and on covid now they've got the full excuse of covid yeah. and which femi, is such a shame femi's got a video about that as well i mean you can just go through oh. femi the guy is genius um, i don't know yeah, what he does after him. this but mm -hmm. yeah you're right they're going to blame they will never take responsibility or liability for what they've done and they've moved all their money offshore the people who did this have moved all their money offshore anyway and they will never be hurt mm -hmm. that's what's that's what's maddening to those of us who actually care about the people who will most be hurt by Brexit is that the people who made Brexit happen will never be touched by this and never no. have any consequences. No. And um, it's tragic, but, but you know. I agree. But, I mean, yeah. more eloquent than the way Terry Christian puts it, which is if you're voting for Brexit, then you should lose your, you should be the first to lose your job. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it's def definitely better than the Terry Christian method. 
Let's, you know, there you go. That's my I'm stuff. conscious of the time. So, Juliet yes. Myers, please bring us your next next uh, tweet before I just quickly read out one of our okay. audience members, because it is a, it, it is fair that we read uh, out I'm theirs just... as well. Uh, uh, Shubha Kapoor says, my dick of the year is pretty Patel. Agree with what you said. So, Gila, I'm de-Asianizing her. So, <laughs> hashtag uh, de-Asianizing that could be going, trending as well today. Um, and it's if you want to tweet us, it's L K T Zoom. Go on, Juliet. What's your what's your next? Um... Uh, well, um, my my spin master is Julian, so <laughs> I don't know. Should we be? I feel. Well, let's bring a fun one. Let's, let's bring a fun one. Let's bring a fun in. one. Okay then. Um, these two, these two together. Then uh, this got two point three k tweets. Um, Oh, that is just too adorable. The woman has bought a Santa Claus. Oh, coat. that's brilliant. Um, but, uh, you know, is that, you know, it's so it's just very cute. But, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I mean, that dog actually doesn't seem to mind. Um, so really, it was just a bit of loveliness. And I know uh, that you've got Homer that you dress up in, in lots of different dress, clothes. I do dress Homer up. I try, him. Yeah, yes. I try not to dress him in anything that he wouldn't like. Um, <laughs> Coordinated, I suppose, you know, you've done his colours, yeah. How do you determine yeah. that? Well, because, uh, well, no, but I mean, like, <laughs> if he doesn't want to wear something, like I tried to make him wear a hoodie the other day and he wouldn't, and I think, fair enough. Um, but, you know, he'd probably wear that Santa suit and some people say to me, that's, that's mean. I, dogs don't like being dressed up and I often think but I see three or two year olds one year olds dressed up in an Arsenal strip and I think well I'm sure they don't necessarily support Arsenal yet um, but the tweet that I particularly love that goes on from the dog one if Julian could scroll down yeah. is uh, Beck Hill did this with her is that a hamster or a gerbil oh. I never know but to me that is genius um, that she has put him in Halloween fancy dress as a vegan sausage roll. <laughs> that is funny because that's what Greg's actually do their normal sausage roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's gloriously, well, this is the thing she said he's a vegan sausage roll. So it's a gloriously unpolitical tweet there, yeah. just yeah. about the joy of dressing your pets up, which I think is a good thing to do. I, I did a show in Edinburgh one year. And as I was with Homer, with my dog, and as I was gathering my stuff up, the guy who was in the room after me, who inherited my audience, said, oh, my God, did you see the show before this? And they said, yeah. And he went, <laughs> women and their dogs, how pathetic. Am I right? And, and he was like, oh, my God, if my best friend, uh, like, shat himself, I wouldn't want to pick it up. And it was like, oh, piss off, mate. Um, and he implied that I was overprivileged due to my race. Um, and it was like, mate, you're very privileged. You're a very privileged guy too. Um, so I've now so politicised the lovely you are sort of, You've slightly inferred too, and I know the story, yes. um, is, is that we, because we've talked about this before, is that it's, yes. there, there is privilege. And we only talk about white privilege, but we there is brown privilege, there is black privilege, and it's hmm. never really kind of bought out of the out of the closet really because obviously within compared to white privilege um you are still in a less privileged position uh mm. and and so but there is you know there are people who are doing perfectly well who who have got brown privilege and, and i check my brown privilege privilege 
actually even when I talk about you know sort of brown related rights or, or race related rights so um yeah I, I think it's a probably a conversation from the time but I love this picture I think yes. this is my favorite this just just gerbil thing it's that's just coming a out beautifully so. creative thing Beck Hill uh, there's the your dog on cue Homer is behind you on cue on the sofa on the sofa it looks like he's about to poop he looks like he actually is he? No. He's not about to have a poo. No, he's just <laughs> rearranging the sofa, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so have, have we got any other outstanding, um, any, any? I mean, I can, I have got one that's another sort of one that if anybody's got anything to do with. Eric, do you want to bring um, anything? Do you have got anything else, Juliet? Uh, what share? else did I have here? Um, oh, this is something that um, is, is could possibly happen. And I think it's the Brooklyn dad one. Oh, hang on. Um, there we go for the love of all the good that is left in our lives please do not make a blue mega hat so what some people have started to do is because you know they've got the red donald trump make america great again hats um some liberals have started getting blue hats and said uh, america already great to do the same thing but it's like a shitty spin-off oh so it's just a stupid idea I think this is where we need the collective will of Twitter to shame these people not to do that. And it's not the right way to co-opt a message because it'll be just lame. Mega, I, I, I concur. Yeah, Mega, <laughs> I don't agree with the idea of Mega, but it was it was an incredible branding. It was an incredible exercise. It was simple, it was perfect. And liberals will just fuck it up, so. But also America is already great. It suggests at the moment it isn't because Trump fucked it up. So it's, it's not already great. It's, it's we're not in that sort of kind yeah. of a defunct, isn't it? Really, you can't. I mean, I don't agree with the message of Mega, but it was very good branding, and you Absolutely. can't just copy that just by switching the colors and then change. It's not going to work. So don't even yeah. try and do it, because you're just highlighting Mega again. So yes, there you go. If you see it on Twitter, if you see anyone suggesting it, stop them. Stop them now. Stop them now. Do you hear that audience? Stop them now. You have the power. <laughs> Mass producing those bikes. Uh, Defund the blue <laughs> Mega hats. <laughs> Um, and what about you, Julian? Have you got anything? I know you only got. Um, is there anything that you've got? Well, Karen, um, Karen brought along a tweet. She yes, our audience tweets. Good. We have to talk about anyone. And, and it's not too late, guys. If you want to take part, show send us your tweets. That's just caught your eye. Good Should one, Shama. I've got a Facebook page from the old hmm? in my pub screaming, "I'm not taking the vaccine. You don't know what's in it." This is the same guy that used to buy buy <laughs> bills off a one-eyed guy called Ganga Gary. Or Ganga Gary. <laughs> but yeah, good point. Good point. Yes, yeah, good point. I've seen this point made elsewhere about uh, the kind of things that people would tolerate putting in their bodies versus uh, the sudden scruples. <laughs> that's nice one. That's up from Karen. Thank you, Karen, for sharing that. Uh, we'll have to retweet that one. Oh, that should probably then take me into my uh, tweet from Ido ID Doctor. The little baby. Yeah. This is the. If we're going to have the vaccine, and I don't like needles. I don't know you guys. I hate needles. Hate them. Um. And I think this is the perfect way. Can you hear? Can we get volume on this? Isn't that the best? Are you kidding? Isn't that the best? I just love that. That's so cute. So I want my vaccine to really live that. But also, look, look the bubbles, the bubbles. Look. That's just awesome. 
We've got our own, um, you know, the baby's got his own bubble, bubble groups. That's just awesome. I love it. And so I think if we're going to have a vaccine, um, uh, then there's it's also the conspiracy theorist in me thinks, well, hmm, are we being distracted? Because the, all the stuff that we're hearing about the, the vaccine, have they done enough tests? Have they? I mean, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to lie because I just want to, you know, I, I mean, I take enough drugs anyway. So why not? I mean, legal ones, obviously. Why not just add something else? Uh, and But it's going to be like the flu vaccine because the flu vaccine doesn't... Um, you know, you still have to have it every year. So there's no guarantee that you, this is going to be gone forever. Three months later, you might need the jab again. But surely we should be, and there's just a discussion for, you know, further. Surely we, if, it, if there's a, is a way to kind of get back to normal, and this can help us, would, would you, would you all be taking the vaccine? I will be taking the vaccine. What about you guys? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, as, as a stand-up comedian in the last nine months, I've become an expert in virology. Uh, if you if you look at Twitter and Facebook, I know everything there is to know about these things. And um, but no, yes, uh, it's incredible the number of people who are experts on this. I mean, I, luckily, uh, one of the dads on my son's football team, he's a, a doctor, and we were chatting about this alongside the pitch today, freezing to death because we, you know, we're doing these things for our children and they'll never remember or care. Um, and he was like, you know, one of the reasons why this vaccine came along so quickly is because it is based on things they were doing on the SARS vaccine and this is very similar to SARS and so the research the, the groundwork for the research was there and then they just had all of the world's energy and science post focused on one vaccine and that's why it feels quick but it's all built on years and years and years and years of research and he's just he's like he's like no question you know I'll be taking it so mm -hmm. I think um yeah I mean get it get it yeah yes uh what he said um, and but also my nephew works in research for a lot of this stuff. And, you know, as a lot of people have said, you know, often vaccines take years to come along because they're spending so long trying to get funding or, mm -hmm. you know, whereas with this, everyone went, wow, this is the biggest problem the planet has at the moment, apart from climate change coming. So we're all focusing. And so I, I think it probably has been tested enough. I hope yeah. so. And, and climate change isn't real, Juliet. So. <laughs> it's just that I've got the heating on too much. Yeah. The best part of it is that the cutoff point for taking the vaccine is, what, about 50? And I'm, I'm not there yet. I can claim to still be young. <laughs> so, so you don't have to take it or or you won't get it, is, is what you mean? Well, I'm like 10th. Uh, I think uh, uh, I can't remember what the list is like. One sort of so you're letting other people be the guinea pigs. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. Rules are rules. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna have to say, good lord, the guinea pig. You know, it really is that way, though, isn't it? It's like, let's see if it can topple the weakest. Oh, it did. Let's see if it can topple the next weakest. So, uh, anyway, I'm taking it. I'm perfectly happy to take it. I think. Right. So, guys, um, in sort of the wrapping up section, do we want let's let's have a bit of an audience? Uh, well, any questions from the audience? I just want to know if they've got any questions or queries or comments. Obviously, you can send the really personal comments and suggestions and feedback to us via Twitter or via our email. Um, but if you've got anything you want to say about the night, maybe there's a burning question from a tweet that we've discussed. Or you might just want to know where you are on the vaccine list or whatever it might be. You <laughs> can have the list to hand. Whack it into chat now. And if you don't, then we can uh, can sign we can sign off. Show the show pandas the... on the slide. <laughs> oh, show the pandas. You know, you're absolutely right. Why wouldn't? No. 
Uh, and Shobu saying, thank you for the talk about the vaccine. I was worrying about it. I feel better now. I'm number nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at them. They're so... Yeah. I want one. They are so adorable. How oh, come they're not ripping people's faces off? They're gorgeous. They're just adorable. That's a good way to end a, like some bit of cuddle, a little cuddle to take away from it. Slide, though. Oh, that's only that's only the second version. You can go to YouTube for a one-minute thirty-second version. Well, that's like that's a great kind of uh, you know. Forget your mindfulness. You just want to watch pandas and like cute things, just kind of kittens and dogs and stuff. Um, so our next show is on December. Wait, should we finish these other sentences? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, because I'm like, I can't remember the date, so I can't remember the date. <laughs> it's December the 20th. That's Sunday, December the 20th at 8 p.m. And we've got Leo Curse and Shazia Murta. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. Excited that we shall be plug, please plug that away. Please follow us on Twitter. Please do share it with your friends and stuff. And obviously, some of you are going to be our future guests as well. Um, and so I, I, I just want to say a massive thank you together with Julian, obviously, uh, to you two, um, for for you know just bringing some really interesting, fun tweets for us yeah. to discuss uh, and giving up your Sunday evening. Juliet Myers, everybody, we can all show your faces now and give us a big round of applause. Come on. And Eric McElroy, everyone. And of course, you've seen Juliet, uh, Juliet Hall, uh, the, the, the man who put this concept <laughs> together, brought this to life. And of course, uh, his co-host, me, Julia Kershey. Yay, round of applause for Yay, yay, yay. You can show yourselves, guys. Why don't you show yourselves? And then you, this is, this is Twitch. Yeah, by Twitter, but you know, but this did on Zoom doing this is clapping. So if you're um, if you're on mute and you want to just not talk to it, you want to show us that is clapping. Apparently, it's also deaf. Language. Clapping. That, I was about to say that's a deaf person. Deaf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a deaf person. It's also deaf. It's all raving in my day, but whatever. Since we're using Twitter and things, um, I'll put the Twitter handle for the the podcast, my podcast, on here. If uh, if you need something to do between now and the next show, well worth a listen. Right. Yeah. You. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 If you put that in a oh, brilliant okay it definitely is and i am amazed at the incredible guests really interesting guests that you get um and uh, a joy joy to share the stage the zoom stage again with you juliet do you yes. have anything to plug my love uh i don't because uh if i did i'd just be like look at this nice toast i just made <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it would be lovely if people could follow me on uh, twitter or instagram um but no pressure at Juliet Myers. At Juliet Myers. I have put it in the in the in the box as well. Yes. And at uh, Eric McElroy as I've yes. put that in the box too, and his podcast as well. But you've got stuff coming up as well, haven't you? Haven't you done podcasts? Been a guest on yourself uh, that they could look out for, Juliet. Um, Julian. Sorry, you said Julian. Juliet. Juliet. Sorry, Juliet. Yeah. Juliet. Uh, I've been I've been guests on various podcasts that are probably coming out in the new year, but I'm not sure when. Uh, and Ooh. hoping to eventually be the final person on the planet to have my own podcast soon. <laughs> although, <laughs> although this is an interesting thing because there are so many podcasts. That no, I got to get on on it. This is got, it. It's happening. Do it now. Do Everyone's it, got Juliet. to have. You'd be brilliant. Um, well, actually, uh, no. I was about to give away my big idea for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't tell anybody. But, you know, we, but, we all steal it. <laughs> actually. Uh, a lot of the people in this conversation would be perfect for it. Mm -hmm. 
Eric, someone's trying to find your podcast. Could you let Shobu know where your podcast is? We can send a link to that. It, it's it's on everything. Um, I can if you. I'll give you a link here that where you, if you apparently if you click on this link, um, it takes you to where to, you're like if you're on an iPhone, it takes you to the iPhone and oh, so on. So let me find it here real quick and I'll yeah, send so it. So while he's looking for that, I'm going to let Julian wrap up. Oh, I'm copying it from mine. Uh, well, I don't know what more to say to wrap up, but I mean, looking forward to the twentieth. Uh, definitely. I've really enjoyed tonight. Thank you so much, uh, you guys, uh, for stepping up and stepping in and providing us with some really good stuff. It dovetailed very nicely with tweets without even actually synchronising. It dovetailed really nicely. Um, so, yeah, um, follow us on Twitter. Watch out for next uh, the 20th, one on the 20th. Help us get a nice packed Zoom room for that. And obviously send in your tweets. Uh, and we'll, we'll share them on the timeline and we'll obviously look at them for the next show as well. Nearly got the link to copy. You just did this fantastic end of show thing. And, <laughs> and while Eric is doing that, I, I did forget to mention if, if anyone is on Instagram, I do do a Friday night chat uh, at 10.30 UK time with my friend Samina Zara in New Zealand. Oh, crossing, crossing to... I crossing continents, yeah, because it's always really early. Or... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so one of us is always. Well, I always feel both of us could almost do it in our pajamas, but you know, we don't out of respect. <laughs> I'll just put it on the on the thing. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming yeah. today. Really grateful. Eric's put up his his uh, link there, and you're on on Instagram with Samina Zara, yes. um, and uh, at uh, Juliet Myers on Instagram. Yeah, uh, is that Julie the best place to follow? Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Is that the best place to follow? Yes. And what time does the podcast thing that you do this live thing? Uh, it's at ten thirty UK time. Yeah, I'm still asleep. <laughs> ten thirty <laughs> UK time, but you guys, you're normal people, so you'll you'll be awake. I just no, I'll, no, I'll no. Ten thirty at night. UK oh, at time. night. Oh, yes. in the morning. Oh, okay. I thought it was yes. the morning. And if you tune in this Friday, uh. It won't be any different, except that I'll be grinning because it'll be my birthday, which is a oh yes, happy birthday, Juliet Myers! Happy that's birthday! That's like a real, that's irrelevant to anyone listening, really. But I just was like, well, I might be pissed. Um, oh, it's worth it to the day. Tuning in now. That's dangerous. I wasn't going to watch, but now I will. Yeah, <laughs> now we're going to watch. It's your birthday. We're all going to be there. Oh. You've got an audience now. <laughs> no pressure. All right, I love it because we meander between serious and silly. Oh, sorry. Anyway, so Julia is wrapping up. Yeah, no, so yeah, she was going happy birthday in advance, and we get a big happy birthday from all of us. Uh, big love to all of you out there who bought, who basically came in today. Please just tell your friends, and um, you know we're holding the show in day by week by week. Um, but thank you for coming, and we've got to get out. So thank you so much. Goodbye. Have a lovely Sunday evening. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Here's Julian. Bye. Julian, where's my co-host gone? Yeah, I've lost him. I'm hanging back. Cheers, guys. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website, www.letskilltwitter.com, you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.